Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton. This podcast is available on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. You can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also find me on the Twitterverse at S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also find me, you can also email the show, I should say, at S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about the visional rounds of what I saw, what I didn't see. We're also going to go into the just a little bit of quick, some quick NBA takes, and then we're also going to the dummy of the day. But first things first, this weekend, this past weekend, um, I actually was in Dallas, Texas. Uh, that was actually my first trip this year. And Thursday night, I ended up going to a barbecue, uh, a, a world-renowned barbecue um, chef, I should say, or a bar, pit master. That's what the actual correct terminology is went there thursday night went to go see matt Pittman of meat church barbecue he put on a class for i want to say about 150 people so i was i was one of the lucky few people that got invited to go check that out had a real good time going to do that um you know that's probably outside of anything sports related i might have been one of the top three to five coolest things i've gotten to do in my life around here so that was really really dope uh friday night went to go see the mavs against the heat um dope game and then saturday i went to a mexican restaurant taste uh taster taste testing not taste testing but a tasting event uh, where they serve about eight different courses with all different types of i want to say exotic things but there was some exotic things out there and uh went to a a stand-up comedy show uh in a a hole in the wall i would say hole in the wall place but a, a speakeasy joint um got to see um what's my man's name I can't think of the dude's name, but he was really, really dope off of Barstool Sports. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty much my weekend. But Saturday morning, had a little bit of downtime. So your boy was staying at the Hilton Anatole right there in downtown Dallas. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to book me a massage, um, a massage session right there at the spa that was located in the hotel, which was really, really the Yo, the Hilton Anatole. If y'all want to go stay in Dallas, go check. Make sure y'all check that play out, place out. Um, so yeah, I was I was walking, and so it's a huge campus. It's a huge resort. It's basically a resort. They have their own water park there. Um, they got about four or five different restaurants. One of the best steakhouses in Dallas is located right there. So, from my room to the spa was about a about almost about a ten minute walk from my room. So, Saturday morning, your boy goes gets his massage. Afterwards. Um, I'm walking down the stairs, heading back to my room and I don't know what I was doing, but I was on my phone texting and I see a person walk by me. Cool. Whatever. Walking, walking, walking down the stairs. I misjudged the, uh, how many steps left. I thought I was walking down the last step Uh -uh. ended up being two steps. So I fell all the way down to the ground and it was one of the slowest falls I've had in a very, very long time. Mind you, I don't touch earth a lot. And so I touched earth. The way my foot bent, it bent in an awkward shape, awkward way because I was I was in slides. I wasn't in tennis shoes or anything. So I kind of rolled my ankle, banged my knee on the on the tile, and as I was falling so slow, I was trying to grab on the stuff. I got massage oil, so I'm just slipping and sliding, can't grab on to nothing. And by the time I get get down, I didn't touch earth. So now I'm trying to grab myself to get up. As I'm getting up, I can't get a hold on anything because. 
I got massage oil all over me, so it's hard to grip anything. So as I'm trying to drag myself up off the post of the stairs, I'm trying to look around and see if anybody has seen me look like a complete fool of myself as I'm falling down some stairs because I didn't know how many steps were down there. And luckily, nobody saw. But baby, let me tell you something. I was spoked. I thought I had rolled my ankle to the point where I had a significant limp. And I was like, man, I'm not really trying to find out if my job, if my uh, insurance is, is up to date or not or if it's lapsed. So I didn't want to take that chance. But I said, I'd say, yo, email the show. Let me know when's the last time you touched earth because, yo, I'm 35 and these, this, this fall that I, I can't tell you when's the last time I fell, but that fall, it, it took a lot out of me. Luckily, I was fine. Just rolled my ankle a little bit. I was able to walk it off, um, walking back to the main resort. But, you know, it was, it was a brutal one. It was, it was kind of tough to walk that one back. But um, email the show. Let me know when's the last time you actually fell down and if you actually had to call your insurance and tell me when's the last time you let one of your insurance policies lapse because that's not a fun thing to do. Anyways. Let's go into these divisional rounds. So, like I said, Saturday, I was actually doing a lot of running around. I actually got to catch a glimpse of, I'd say about the first half of the Kansas City-Jacksonville game. And I thought that was actually an interesting game. Like I said last week, I didn't think Jacksonville really had any much of a chance. And they really damn near didn't have much of a chance until Superman, a.k.a. Patrick Mahomes, got hurt um, Saturday night. Rolled his ankle, or he had to tackle the, or somebody tackled him, and his ankle got caught up from under him. Rolled his ankle. Try to play it off, and the coaches told him that he needs to go get tested out. Ended up coming back in the second half. But Chad Henney drives. The Chad Henney drive is what I remember the most off of that game. Was, I think it was a 98-yard play with him throwing the touchdown. To, I believe it was Travis Kelsey. I could be wrong. But needless to say, I'm not surprised that, I mean, even with the injury of Patrick Mahomes, I'm not. Uh, I'm surprised that they won. I, I you know, well, I'm not going to say that I'm surprised that they won, but the fact that they were able to gut that win out, you know, not playing with a with probably the best quarterback in football, maybe to quote unquote air quotes ever, the greatest ever to play, which which is crazy to say because when he's this is his fifth year as a starter and this is his fifth year in the AFC championship game. I'm not surprised that they won. I did I was a little worried that, you know, how how severe was the injury. But I, I also thought that they were just trying to get us you know, they might have shot him up a little bit of happy juice for him not to be feeling anything, for him to be able to be, you know, peaking as he as much as he could going into that second half i thought that if they can get they could sustain that one drive especially with the touchdown that they were going to be in good shape now credit to jacksonville jacksonville put up a hell of a fight they ain't got nothing to be ashamed of and they just ran into a team which really in all aspects in every position maybe outside of the running back position they were just outmatched um that's just a team that's young i think that's a team that's still on the rise and I think that's a team that will be able to say, and I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they might be able to win the AFC South next year. I don't see Tennessee getting it together next year. I don't see Indianapolis. They don't even have a quarterback, and I don't even think they're going to draft a quarterback this year. They're probably just going to go in the quarterback recruitment cycle again and try to find maybe a, a Jimmy Garoppolo, Teddy Bridgewater. Like They're going to recycle another quarterback probably for the fifth year, I believe. So I can see that um, the Texans, <laughs> LOL, it's the Texans, um, and, and we'll see with that. So Jacksonville will be straight. Um, I don't see, you know, nothing really. They're only going to get better. As far as the Chiefs go, they kind of had a two a two day start with the recovery process for Patrick Mahomes. So he's he's gonna play Sunday against the Bengals. Like he, he ain't you can't tell me he's not gonna play. So he gonna play. It's just gonna be how good is he gonna be able to play. And how good, how much can he play? Because will he be able to finish the game will be the ultimate question. So last year, you know, I believe that was the divisional round again. Chad Henney had to come in and kind of relieve him. So we'll see. 
what ends up happening. But um, shout out to the Jags. They had a really, really good season. We all expected them to beat the Chargers last week. They made that happen. They made it a little bit more tougher than what it needed to be, but they made it happen. Now, moving on to the Bills and the Bengals. Now, I did say on last week's show that I thought that this year, this Bills team reminded me of the 2020 Lakers team. Like I said, with the, uh, the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant, I felt like the Lakers had to rally around each other and, and win the championship that year. I kind of felt the same way with the, unfort- the scary accident with DeMar Hamlin. I got back home probably about 30 minutes before kickoff. Um, and I actually fell asleep for the most part of the game. But I actually officially fell asleep once when the game was 14-zip with the Bengals. And I was like, oh, I-, I didn't see this happening. Especially with the Bengals missing three out of their five starters. Um, and I just felt like the the Bills... They they had a they they had a better chance, you know. They're at home. It was snowy conditions. They had all the momentum. I felt like, but the fact that the Bengals just went up in there and laid the smackdown on them, that that that's something I didn't expect. That was probably the most surprising game that I saw, um, just based off the fact of everything that transpired. I thought if the Bengals were going to win, it was going to be a close 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 game, um, but they got that dude Joe Burrow. And outside of Patrick Mahomes right now, I'm probably picking Joe Burrow to start my to start my team as a quarterback. Like. I'm going to be honest with you. I keep saying that next year I might be on a one-year rental as far as finding a team to get on board with. That I can get high off of a quick narcotic that I'm here for a good time but not a long time. The Cincinnati Bengals might be it. I mean, that team, <laughs> I don't know, you know, shout out to Joe Mixon and Bay Area product. They got Jamar Chase. They got T. Higgins. They got a Tyler Higby. Or not Tyler Higby. I'm sorry. Um, uh, another wide receiver. I can, a boy, uh, boy is the other one. So they got a lot of things that they got going on. The only thing that's weird is Eli Apple was was out here making defensive plays for a change. Actually, instead of getting burnt. So that was really, really surprising how well the Bengals just laid the smackdown on the Bills. Now, as far as the Bills go, they're kind of lucky that they play in a interesting division. I'm not going to say it's a stacked division, but it's very, very meaty uh, upper uh, upper tier of mediocre we know the patriots they'll be averaging anywhere between eight to ten wins next year the dolphins are going to be a wild card because we don't know what the health of Tua Tua to is going to be next year at quarterback that's going to be a wild card the jets if they can get an actual quarterback that play that knows how to play a quarterback they might be in the thick of things so all those teams beating up each other, you know, they might be looking like the NFC East of this year, next year, where you might have three, hell, even all four teams being in the playoffs, but we really don't know how good they are. And I say all that said about the Bills is that I don't know how much of their championship window is starting to close. Um, you got Von Miller, who's another year older, coming off of a torn ACL. I don't know what the hell is going on with Stefan Diggs, but he don't seem too happy, which I think that can be smoothed over, and I would expect to be for him to be back. I think they need to get a legitimate running back and try to see what they can do. Maybe try to go see what the money's looking like for Josh Jacobs. Maybe, hell, even Ezekiel Elliott, where he doesn't have to be an every-down back, kind of like what he was this year. But you got to get a legitimate running back where you can't keep using Josh Allen as your primary running back. You got some things that you need to look into as far as your safety position with a lot of those injuries that took place, especially with Michael Poirier, um, Michael Poirier yesterday. Obviously, DeMar Hamlin got hurt. I can't think of other safety. So they got a little bit of issues in the secondary as well. So they got a lot of things to think about what they want to do. They also got to figure out how much cash they got to that they want to spend. So I don't know how much longer this championship window is going to be open. Um, I was talking to my man Tim uh, over the weekend. 
we spent a lot of time together over the weekend and he brought up a good point he was like yo every time you believe in the bills they do bills things and i was just like man i can't believe that i can't see that happening I can't, I can't, I, I think the Bills got it, but he brought up a good point. You know, all the games that they should have won, you know, like the Vikings, they, they fumbled the bag away. So there, there, there's, there's been times they showed a lot of inconsistency this year and it kind of bit them in the butt this game, um, this past week. And so shout out, uh, shout out to, um, the Bengals. I'm probably going to pick the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl just based off the fact that I think. That is a team that just has the Kansas City Chiefs number right now, and I think we don't get they uh, give their head coach, I believe his name is Zach Taylor, enough credit as far as being one of the 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 top dudes as far as this new crop of young coaches or you know a change of a change in tune as far as how good they are. So I'm very very confident that I think uh, Cincinnati can walk into Kansas City and beat beat them. I wouldn't be surprised, and I'm actually going to pick right now on wax i think the cincinnati Bengals are going to the super bowl again um there they, they i think last year and i and I, you know i, I might have i might need to eat a little crow because i thought this season when they opened up and started a little slow i thought that last year was more like a sweet 16 cinderella type of story and i didn't think that was something that they can run back obviously i look like a fool not believing in them boys but i'll tell you right now i'm not picking against them i just don't see that happening again so um shout out to them I think uh, they they can. I wouldn't be shocked if they beat the Kansas City Chiefs for the fourth time. I think that it's just one of those things where it's just a good, it's just a bad matchup for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I just think that beating them for a fourth time in a, in a row, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Now, going on to the NFC side. Now, I told you Saturday night I was at a taste testing um, event, so where we were at, there wasn't a bar. Um, we got there a little early. Actually, no, 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 no. We left the taste testing event eight o'clock local time. We ended up going walking back to our, to our car so we can head on over to the uh, to go see Little Sasquatch. I couldn't think of the comedian's name on Barstool, but Little Sasquatch. Went to go see Little Scott Sasquatch, but we were uh, walking around as we were walking down the street. We stopped and went to go check to see what the score was of the Giants Eagles game. I believe it was somewhere around the first half, and the score was twenty one zip. They showed a box score of Danny Daniel Jones. I think he was like six for seventeen for fifty-seven yards and an interception. And I looked at my man and I said, "Yep, it's about that time." And I'm not surprised. Let's go ahead and just head on over to Plano. Now, I did think that playing the team three times may have had something to do with it, but I also didn't think too much into it. I just didn't think they was going to be out here looking like the Giants of last year. Now, I know that if you follow me on social media, I've been hella, really, really critical on the Giants. And that's because, one, it's a New York team, and for some reason, they love to get a lot of exposure for no reason. Two, they don't like, they. I didn't see nothing spectacular about them. And I'm going to go over something. So I went over to Pro Football Reference this year, and I looked at the teams with the softest schedule. The teams with the softest schedule this year was actually the New York Giants. They had the easiest schedule this entire year. Out of that entire, and number two was, ironically, was the Philadelphia Eagles. Here's where I knew the Philadelphia Eagles was a real team and the Giants weren't a real team. If you look at the Eagles and all the teams that they played, they smacked them up. They smacked teams left and right, beat the brakes off of a lot of these, these weak teams, especially the AFC South. They, I don't think they lost a team against the AFC South. And if they did... Or it, 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 if I'm not mistaken, if you look at some of those games, 
they beat them. They, they smoked them. Right? It was like a boat race. Now, you look at the New York Giants side of the ball. Outside of, I think, their second to last game, and I can't even think who it was. I think it was the Colts. They played the Colts. Played the Colts. They beat the brakes off of them. I mean, if we keep it in the buck, if you take away the Raiders game, the Colts were the Colts. They were trash this year. So I, I took all of that in consideration, and I was looking at the Giants, and I was like, man, they haven't shown me enough. Until they played the Colts, they had not scored more than 30 points. They had not beaten a team by more than double digits. And there was just a lot of things where they were just kind of getting by. And in my in my opinion, that's a team, if, you, if you're talking about a team that is, quote-unquote, an inferior team towards you, you should be able to smack them up. And if you're telling me that you had to struggle against all those teams, in the, especially the Texans, um, the Jags, like teams like that, and you had to struggle, I'm, I, my confidence in y'all is just not that high. And I just thought that, you know, eventually, you know, you're not going to be able to keep sustaining that. And I said it last week, Brian Dable, a.k.a. Uncle Fester, he put Daniel Daniel Jones in, in, in pretty good situations where he can just manage the game. You didn't have to tell him to do too much. Now, granted, he did that against the Minnesota Vikings last week. And again, that's another perfect example. You can say whatever you want about the Minnesota Vikings winning 13 games, but that team wasn't that good. And if you put some truth serum in Kirk Cousins and uh, Justin Jefferson and the boys, they already probably knew that they was going to lose that game. That team was not a good team. So, you put a team against... Like a team like the Giants putting them against the Minnesota Vikings, and you had to do all that just to get by. Chances are, if you're gonna play a team that's prepared, that knows how to win the games that you're supposed to win, and smoke the teams that you're supposed to win, your chances ain't too good. So now this, year, so and then you know you got last week where people were saying, "Oh, well, Daniel Jones is the elite quarterback." He sure didn't look elite to me, from what I saw, from what my eyeball showed me to the, this week. So now are we going to go back the Brinks truck up and, and give him all this money because he played a "quote unquote" great game against a sorry team with a sorry defense? I don't know. I think about that very, very strongly considered. I don't know how I feel about that. Also, if we're going to do this whole, we're going to take a snapshot off of one game. It was about 10 years ago, maybe 12. There was a dude named Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn played for the Green Bay Packers. He was about a longtime backup for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt on the Sunday night game. Matt Flynn got to start. Matt Flynn starts the game and balls out of control. Balls has a great game. Balls out has a great game and was a free agent that year. To the much to the point where the Seattle Seahawks reached and signed him to a fat contract, and I don't think he lasted even a year with Seattle and ended up getting traded to the Raiders. That's the vibes I'm getting off of Daniel Jones this year. Y'all about to back the Brinks truck up for him, and y'all schedule's probably going to be a little bit more tougher next year based off the fact that y'all won a whole bunch of games this year. Y'all going to back the Brinks truck up for this man, and y'all going to be stuck with him and y'all going to be in the same conundrum that the Cowboys are in with the, with Dak Prescott. Y'all might want to reconsider this whole we going to give him we going to sign him to a long-term deal. Just saying. If y'all think that you guys are going to be making a whole bunch of noise within the next few years because I don't see it happening. But much to my not to my surprise, I didn't see the Eagles, you know, the Eagles did what they were supposed to do. You know, they beat up a team that really shouldn't have no, they really didn't have no business being in the playoffs. But, you know, call me a New York City hater, call me a Giants hater. You know, I've been called worse. But anyways, it is what it is. 
Now, moving on to the Niners and the Cowboys. Yo, I did watch this game from start to finish. And people were, you know, people really didn't give, people gave Dallas a shot. You know, and people really kind of forget. And Dallas is a, Dallas was a good team this year. If you, you know, that was another team that they did what they were supposed to do. They had somewhat of a, a pop tart schedule, um, but they they won games. They beat up teams that they were supposed to beat up. And really around that area when Dak Prescott got hurt, the defense played lights out. So if you take away the last three or four games of the Cowboys season, I know they gave up a lot of points against the Jags. I think they were in another shootout game and then they laid an egg against the um, commandos you take away those three games that i can think of they played pretty decent all this entire year the defense played really really good michael parsons you know you could put him up there in the runnings for a defensive player of the year probably ain't gonna win it but you could put him in the conversation defense was really good and if we're keeping it we're being really transparent as much as the 49ers had a great season, especially when Brock Purdy got in. He didn't really have to play against a lot of elite defenses. So this was a huge test for both teams. So I'm kind of surprised that the score was a little bit kind of on the lower side. I thought it was going to be like 27-24. Um, I didn't have 19. I didn't have 19-12. I think that's what the final score was. I didn't have that on my bingo card, on my little score, score gami, whatever they call it. But I did say also... The Dallas Cowboys had to play the same, much to the same thing as the New York Giants. The Dallas Cowboys had to play a perfect game in order for them to win. And I said, I didn't think that the both either the Cowboys or the Giants could play two perfect games in two weeks in a row. Just it's hard to do that, especially in the playoffs. And it didn't really happen yesterday. So we can kind of see what the 49ers are trending towards. I think the 49ers got their quarterback. There's just no way. You can tell me that lap dance Lance is going to be the starting quarterback next year, barring some type of catastrophic injury to Brock Purdy. I just don't see it. You better get that man to be held in the clipboard, or you better be uh, John Lynch. Better be calling the phone to see what you can get off of him, which probably ain't a lot, being the fact that there's not a, again not enough game film, and the fact that it is a work in progress with him. Not too sure how, what teams are going to do about that, but. I just don't see him being the starting quarterback next year. The defense, they usually average giving up only 16 points. They gave up 12 points, got two turnovers, and they made the, they made the crunch plays when they needed to. Now, I will say that the Pollard injury late in the second half, or first half kind of played. It probably changed a lot of things for the Cowboys, but you still had Ezekiel Elliott. You still had C.D. Lamb, which who still had a great game. Um, Dalton Schultz. I think was the one that caught that touchdown pass. You still had a lot of things, and you still had a defense that really, really played very good, especially against an offense like the 49ers to only give them 19 points. They get, they did everything that they were supposed to do to get the job done for the offense to win. I've been, I'm not going to say I've been a Dak fan, but I also ain't been a Dak hater. But I'm very, 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 Dak, Dakota Prescott is starting to give me Derek Carr vibes. And when I say that is, he plays pretty good to the competition below him. When it's time to play against the competition that's around him or above him, he be out here having a case of the, uh, 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 the most bitterest lemon that you can catch and find and add some booty to that. He has the biggest case of lemon booty known to mankind when, it's, when, the, when the stars, when the lights shine the brightest on him. And I, I, I don't know what the Cowboys can do. I mean, yeah, maybe you can probably fire your offensive coordinator and kill him more. Maybe. 
I don't know if that's going to change how Dakota Prescott plays next year. Um, I also want to know what was that last play that they tried to draw up where you, well, I, I know what they were trying to do, but again, that, that kind of falls on Dakota Prescott. Now they play, they try to draw up this little giants type of sandlot play where all the offensive linemen were on the other side. They were pretty much lined up like wide receivers and they had one, one down lineman, which that was, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, who was playing center. And I saw, I, I kind of get where the play was going to go. I, I'm pretty sure what they were going to do is try to run a bubble screen and have the offensive linemen be lead blockers. And they were going to try to do the whole pitchy, pitchy, woo woo thing. The fact that Dak Prescott couldn't even get that read down correctly, where the first pass that he, or the only read that the first read he saw was, um, I believe, number nine. I don't even know number nine name, but he got smoked where they couldn't even have an attempt to do the pitchy, pitchy, woo woo. Just shows you, like, bro, like, you, you out here calling the plays. You know what the play's supposed to be, and you still can't even get jiggy with the plays. Like, it just didn't really make sense to me. Um, and also, like, really, Ezekiel Elliott? Like, that's your last play probably as a Cowboys? You you under center? Are you playing center and looking like something off of flag football? Like, it just didn't really make sense. Now, I don't know if you fire Kellen Moore, that's going to make things better. I'm pretty sure, yeah, they, they'll draw up a better play in that scenario, but... I'm just starting to figure out what do you do with Dak Prescott. He led the league in interceptions. I think he threw three pick sixes. And he missed about five games this season, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how he gets better. He'll be 30 next season. And he's, I, I don't know. And all this nonsense of Sean Payton, you know, the Dallas Cowboys need to get Sean Payton and fire Mike McCarthy. That ain't happening. First of all. The Dallas Cowboys would have to give up a first-round draft pick, and I don't think they can afford to be giving up a draft pick when they need help. Maybe I think they need another receiver. They probably they probably need another running back. They're going to need another probably some help in the linebacking core. Even though Van Der Esch had a solid season, they need a little bit of help on the outside at receivers. Maybe another safety, um, but they're going to have to figure some things out, especially on the offensive line. Um, this team is in win-now mode, so I don't know how patient Jerry Jones is going to get, but I don't think Sean Payton's going to be the answer because Sean Payton's going to want to make all the moves, and Jerry Jones is starting to give me Vince McMahon vibes as well. You know, he want to be, he want to have his hands in the pot on everything and don't want to get input from anybody else, and he's got a whole bunch of yes-man people uh, lined up against him. You got a son. He's not going to keep it a buck with him. He's trying to still get in that family uh, family trust money, so he's not going to go against the grain. Um, and that's really his his only his only voice of reasoning, really. But he too much of a uh, yes man to his pops, and I get it. But I don't think anybody's gonna want to step up in there and take on that type of stressful job. It's just it's just too much. Um, so I don't know where the Cowboys go from here. I don't know that you make a move again. You gonna get rid of Dak Prescott? What you gonna do? Who's who's better than Dak Prescott that you gonna get? Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, like you got to think about that. So you kind of got to ride this one out. Until there's no more hard money that's uh, that's involved to him, and kind of figure that out for him. But I don't know what they do. Now we got the Eagles and the Niners. Whew, that's a that's gonna be a good matchup. I'm not gonna lie. You got the number one defense in the Niners against the number two defense in the Eagles. I think the way the Niners are playing right now, the only thing about the Eagles defense is that they're very very suspect against the run. And one thing the Niners can do, which they kind of showed you yesterday late in the second half, is that they can pound that rock with either Christian McCaffrey or they can um, 
use uh, Elijah Mitchell. So they, they got they got a lot of different ways that they can go with this. So I'm probably going to say we will be seeing, you know, probably I'm going on the on, on wax. I got the Niners and the Bengals in the Super Bowl, y'all. And before the Patriots came into town and, and kind of wreaked havoc in the AFC side of things, before back in the day, before that really came into play, the NFC Championship used to be the Super Bowl, essentially. Um, those, those, you know, usually whoever won the NFC would come into the Super Bowl and smack up whoever it was, whether it was the, the, the Bills, the Chargers, the Patriots, um... You know, those, those type of teams used to get smacked up all the time. So I'm probably going to say I got my money on the Niners going all the way and making things happen. So that's the weekend divisional round playoff uh, stuff. And I kind of gave you my Super Bowl picks. Now, we're going to switch gears. So Friday, I got back into my room after I went and watched the Mavs game. Kind of got back in right around the same time, about halftime. Or really, eh, halftime, third quarter of the grizzle against the Lakers and I kind of had it on as background noise which is kind of chilling out in my room kind of thinking about things as far as what I was going to do the next day and I saw the incident between Shannon Sharp and I don't know if it's Dylan Brooks or Desmond Bain I get them two fools mixed up all the damn time because they're two in the same players they think they tough but they not really tough and they start chirping when they don't really need when it doesn't need to be done said whatever so I guess something happened between Shannon Sharp and Desmond, whatever, one of them, whatever them two fools is. It was one of them. And then next thing you know, Steven Adams out here taking down his hair and wants to fight somebody. And, and John Morant's dad, who makes me sick to my stomach because he always got to be, he always has to be in the camera shot one way or another, whatever. And next thing you know, the Grizzlies are trying to fight Shannon Sharp. Now, where I'm from, if I see an old dude that looks like Shannon Sharp that still got a 90s part on the side of his head. I'm probably not going to try old school. Just saying. That dude's still probably about that life. Now, people, you know, I had somebody say Shannon Sharp was wrong. I would probably say yeah and probably, what is it, 30 teams in the NBA? Probably tw 28 of the 30 teams. I'd probably say yeah. But the Grizzlies, no, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm going to give you all some history lessons about the Memphis Grizzle. Now, the Memphis Grizzle... Have been in the playoffs the la only the last two years. So out of the last two years, they had made the playoffs. They won their first round against the Timberwolves last year, and they lost the second round against the, uh, the Warriors. The year before that, they lost 4-1 to the Jazz. Before that, they had been in the playoffs since 2016-2017. Lost in the first round. Before that, 2015-2016. Lost in the first round. 2014-2015. Um, they went all the way to the conference semifinals. Twenty so twenty twelve to twenty thirteen, they made it all the way to the conference semifinals or conference finals and got smoked and swept by the Spurs. Now I say all that to say the Memphis Grizzlies ain't did a damn thing in damn near the thirty years of their ex existence that they've been in the NBA. I don't know where people are getting this expectation that the Memphis Grizzle are a team to be reckoned with. Yeah, they won, I believe it was 11 or 12 games until they lost the other day. Okay, cool. Here's the thing about me. I really don't give a monkey's butt on what you do in the regular season. You can, t And this is why I put them in the same category as the Jazz. 
I got no until I see them actually went hold up the Larry O'Brien jersey uh, trophy. I don't want to hear nothing about them. I don't care. I, I just don't care. I'm tired of the teams getting all this hype that ain't got a pot to piss in. And the Memphis Grizzle is a perfect example. So now I got to stop here and do what I'm doing to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies trying to fight Shannon Sharp and try to justify why Shannon Sharp was right and the Memphis Grizzlies was wrong. They always talk about they want all the smoke. And then when they get all the smoke, they don't have, they're missing information. Never be, never to be found showing up. Now, I'm going to say something about this John Morant homeboy. I like him a lot. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know if he's the guy that's going to get you a championship. Just saying. Playing at that level where he out here dunking on everybody. He's Russell Westbrook 2.0 with a jump shot. I don't know how long he can sustain that for. You mix those two things up. I don't know how long. How, what, what kind of championship window you got with that type of a team? I don't know if Desmond Bain or Dylan Brooks. Like I said, I don't know them two fools from one to another. I just know they uh, they name their first name starts with a D. Their last name starts with a B. So them boys, the, D, the DBs. I don't know, and they're not defense. They play like defensive backs in basketball. I don't know what you're going to be able to get out of them people um, in the playoffs. Also, what did they do to get better from last year? It's a rhetorical question. What have they done to get better? They got experience. I mean, okay, experience can get you. You know, experience. Experience can get you somewhere. Can get you some. Get you further. But I don't see experience with this team. Like I don't. I think this team has probably hit their peak. I don't think they're better than the Pelicans. I don't think they're better than the the, the Nuggets. Um. And I, whew, I, I don't know if they're even better than the Jazz right now. Now they probably better than the Jazz. Let me stop reaching now. But I don't know if they're better than the Pelicans or the Nuggets right now. And, and I, here's the thing about those two teams: the Nuggets and the, and the, and the, and the Pelicans. Those are two teams where I'm like, oh, yeah, it's clicking for them. A lot of people don't believe in the Nuggets. But for some reason this year, I feel like whatever they've gone through, it's clicking. I think they're playing with a sense of urgency. And I think they have figured things out. You look at their role players. You got Aaron Gordon. You got Jamal Murray back as well this year. You got a lot of different things that are coming back for that team that can kind of make sense for me to be like, yeah, I think they're going to be good. As far as the Pelicans go, you got Zion Williamson, who's who's out right now, but he's playing at an all-star level. You got Brandon Ingram. Whenever he comes back, he's playing at an all-star level. The only thing with the Pelicans is going to be is their health. But the fact that they gave the, the Suns all they can handle in six games, and they gave them a run for their money, and if you really think about it, they probably could have pushed it to seven games and could have won that series. They got enough to be able to figure things out with C.J. McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas. You got a guy named Herb. I mean, if you got a dude named Herb on your team, you get street cred already. Um, so you got things that you can work with on that squad. I don't see that with the Grizzle. I just don't. Um, I, you know, so the simple fact that you know they're just worried about the wrong thing. Just play basketball, play hard. You know, you got the entire league low key just not really rocking with you right now. You know, you guys are the one to be San Francisco 49ers. I hear playing that stupid little Uzi Vert song on a boombox walking out to the floor. Like, just come up with your own identity. It's not cool. Um, you know, you all right, stay hitting the gritty on in center court. Like, get over it. Win some games. Win a championship. And maybe we'll get back to you and actually take y'all serious. But until then, y'all need to shut the hell up and go away. Go play some games. Like I said, win some games. And all of this will go away. But until then, y'all just all, all they're doing is really just putting a target on their back. People got they people. I promise you, I 
promise you, a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder got the grizzle. Circled on their calendar, we like, oh, yeah, we about to give them that work. Every team in the NBA right now is like, oh, yeah, we about to give them that business because nobody ain't really rocking with you all right now. You know, and to the point, like, y'all even lost that game against the Lakers. And this is no shade to the Lakers. I'm about to talk about them in about 30 seconds, but no shade to the Lakers. The Lake, like, you guys don't even know how to protect the ball. Like, I mean, this is basketball 101. It's less than a minute left. Protect the ball. And y'all can't even do that. Y'all here getting pickpocketed in the back. Just the ball gets slapped out of your hands. And then you out here fouling on the back end and losing the game. Yesterday, lost to the Suns. They was down by a lot by the Suns. I know they only came. I think they lost by two. But y'all out here getting smoked by the Suns. And the Suns are depleted right now. There's no Chris Paul. No um, D-Book. And, and, and y'all out here getting smoked. Like, y'all, to be, y'all, y'all are just losing games that you shouldn't be losing right now. And then they play the Warriors, I believe, on third win, Wednesday. They play the Warriors Wednesday at uh, Chase Center. And it's the same game that you guys got smacked around on Christmas Day, sitting here thinking that y'all was going to do stuff. So go win some games, sit down, and y'all will be all right. But until then, ain't nobody trying to hear what y'all really got to say right now. Everyone's kind of over y'all. Now, I said it earlier on my podcast, I think when the NBA season kicked off, I wasn't going to talk about no dog on Los Angeles Lakers because they was just trash. Um, but they didn't make a move today. And I was like, oh, that kind of kind of makes sense. Kind of, you know, it's got my attention. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll talk about it. So apparently today the uh, Lakers traded away, I believe, three second round draft picks. Kendrick Nunn for Roy Hachimura. Shout out to Roy, Japan, you know what I'm saying, for the culture. And... I said that I kind of like that trade. I think he just came off of his career high 30 points a couple of nights ago. But I also felt like Roy Hachimura, I believe he was drafted in the top 10. He might have been eight or ninth with the Wizards. I said that you can't have a player that you drafted that high riding the bench behind Christoph Porzingis. Can't do that, man. You can't, you know, you, you drafting a kid that high, you gotta you gotta let my man get some burn and get some burn and get in some action. So I just felt like he probably, I'm not going to say he was a bad fit for the Wizards, but I think that trade to the, the trade that the Mavericks had with the Wizards as far as getting Christoph Porzingis didn't really do my man no favors. So he wasn't able to get as much burn as he should. Now, him going to the Lakers, it kind of helps out the Lakers, I think. Um, I think Roy can give the Lakers anywhere between 12 to 15 points, get you about eight boards a game. Coming off the bench, because I don't think... I'd be shocked if they moved Thomas Bryant down to the bench, put Anthony Davis at the five and Roy at the four. I, I don't see that. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily, but I think what I, what I was thinking about this trade, I was thinking more about the, the Lakers and their equity towards the future. Right now, if you look at the Lakers, if you thought about this team three, maybe two years from now, that team, you know, you got to start thinking about your future. You don't know what you're going to get out of Anthony Davis at this point. You don't know when LeBron James is going to leave. Probably, hopefully, for his, for everyone's sake, he should leave at the end of the season. And you can start trying to rebuild for the future. So, I think Roy Hachimura is a good build, good building block for your future. Um, like I said, I think he's he's good enough to kind of be a productive player. I think he's good enough to be giving you 15 and 8 a game. Um, even coming off the bench, and if you start him, probably 17 and 10. 17, 8, 8, 18 and 10. Um, but the Lakers, Lakers got to start thinking about their future and what they want to do. So the trade, I felt like, was a win for both 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 sides. I mean, really, at this point, who ca- who cares about draft picks, really, NBA? I feel like if you ain't got the top two picks in the in the, in the the draft, and I'm going to still ride that, and I'm going to ride that to the day I die. If you ain't really got the top two 
two to five picks in the draft. Anything below that, you've already taken a crapshoot. So, I mean, yeah, it's fine and dandy that you out here trying to um, stockpile draft picks. But, it, I mean, chances are you you holding on to that second-round draft pick ain't really going to do you no favors, to be honest with you. Uh, you're probably almost better off going to undraft route and getting somebody from the G League as opposed to the second-rounders. But I say all to say, I didn't say I was going to talk about the Lakers this season until I seen something improve. They have been winning some close games. That still don't make me want to believe in them. Um Maybe they'll get in the playing game. I don't know if this is just the first of many more moves to come. But it was something that I could say, I kind of get it. I kind of understand. And I think this is a move towards the future. And if it's a move towards the future, I'm cool with it. It makes sense. He's, he's still a young cat. I think this is only his fourth year in the league. I think it's his fourth year in the league. So he's still got a lot of growing to do, but we'll see. Now, before we get about the show, got to do the dummy of the day. Now, I saw, well, yesterday and today, I've seen nothing but videos going viral about the Cowboys losing. But I've seen also some disturbing videos of the Cowboys losing, man. And one thing that was disturbing was, I'm not going to lie. Like I said, I'm not the biggest, I don't like the Dallas Cowboys, but I also don't just, I, I don't dislike them. You know, I get it. They're America's team, whatever. But one thing I don't really like is, I don't know, the whole Stephen A. Smith on first take with him just out here doing the most, out here acting like he pinky, but in a brownie suit um, with a dried up Jerry Curl wig and telling, you know, doing the whole pinky, uh, pinky skit with Michael Irvin. Like, I'm kind of cool. Off, I'm cool off the Stephen A. Smith trolling the Dallas Cowboy fans. Some of y'all might find it entertaining. For me, I actually think it's pretty damn pathetic. Like, bro, you in your 50s, grow up, dog. Like, if you want to troll a team, you can do it in other aspects. But the whole big old cowboy hat, rolling up with an unlit cigar, trying to come up with this fake old Texas twang accent. You know, you out here looking like something off of King of the Hill, and it ain't really funny. So that was the first thing that I was just like, man... The Cowboys need to win just so they can just shut this man up personally. That was just on a personal tip. And I'm curious. Like, I want to know who finds who thinks that stuff is entertaining. Because I don't. I think it's actually kind of stupid. Like, bro, you too old to be actor doing all that trolling, man. And I'm trying to figure out who's the producer to be like, yeah, man, that's a good idea. Yeah, you keep doing that, dog. You should keep doing that. So, anyways, that was the first one. The second one was, yo, I don't know about y'all, but I like my money. And I like my money to the point where I'm pretty sure the Raiders had some bad losses this year. I mean, let's, let's keep it real. You know, gave up the 20-some-odd points to the to the Cardinals, lost. Uh, lost to Baker Mayfield, where Baker Mayfield just got off a Greyhound bus two days before. Lost. Got shut out by the Saints, really bad, embarrassing in New Orleans. Lost. Um, got him, Lost to a, a, a rivalry game against the 49ers when they were up by double digits. Lost. Ain't none, ain't none out of all of them losses that I've seen the Raiders have. Not a single second did I think about destroying any property that I owned. And to see all of these Dallas Cowboy fans either, whether it's A, lightning jerseys on fire, B, I saw one dude take a TV and was out here doing some MMA elbows and then pulled out that thing and shot the TV. I seen that one. I saw another one where this dude looked like he was visiting someone else's house, yanks the TV off the wall, put you know, throws it on the ground drives his pickup truck off the driveway and backs it up and drive it again and backed it up again. Saw another dude that lit a Dak Prescott jersey on fire. What the hell is wrong with y'all, man? First of all, 
Y'all out here darn burning Dakota Prescott jerseys. Yo, neither does one. The Dallas Cowboys don't care. The NFL don't care. And Dakota Prescott damn sure don't care because he already he getting that money off of those royalties. Anytime y'all bought a jersey sale, he gets a he gets a check deposited him first of the month off of jersey sales. Cause y'all can keep burning them if y'all want to. He ain't worried about it's on that direct deposit hitting his check account, baby. He ain't worried about it. Now, as far as this goes, you mean to tell me that you're gonna sit there and take off a TV, drive it, run it over, then what you gonna do tomorrow? You can't watch Sanford the Sun on that TV no more. You can't watch Days of Our Lives on that TV no more. There's other things that you can do with your TV outside of getting mad at the Dallas Cowboys. That's all I'm saying. It's coming from a Raider fan. Never thought about breaking my TV. Never not once in my life. I was like, man, I'm so mad. I'm just going to yank the, I'm going to go in quotable Hulk mode, pull the TV off the wall, and start hitting it, and then shoot the TV. Y'all are wild. So all you people... I hope you're listening to this podcast because you ain't got nothing to watch no TV on. Hope y'all listening to the show. And I just want to give y'all the dummy of the day because you guys, it ain't never that serious. Um, I also saw some video yesterday in San Francisco. Dallas Cowboy fans fighting each other. How y'all going to fight each other? What y'all fighting over? Like, what y'all fighting over? How y'all going to fight each other? That don't make no sense. Anyways. Once again, you've been listening to the Sports Business Podcast. My name is Eric Compton. You can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also find me on the Twitterverse at S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also email the show. Like I said, email the show. Let me know when's the last time you fell and touched earth because it didn't feel good for me. Other than that, like I said, we do this once a week, and we will run this back next week, give you a little Super Bowl preview, and other than that, we out.